hey, what would you be willing to do for 100 bucks? Don't worry, I don't have 100 bucks in my pocket. But have you ever played this kind of game before? To think about what you might be willing to do to get a reward? What if we upped the ante to $1,000? Would anything change? What if it was a million? Would you be willing to, I don't know, increase the risk to get a bigger reward? That's kind of how it works, right? As the potential reward increases, the lines begin to blur, maybe get a little more fuzzy when it comes to what you might be willing to do in order to gain that reward for yourself. You know, just about a year ago, one of our members, Gina, she was willing to have me cut her hair on stage, live streamed during our gala. She didn't even get a reward for it. I mean, all the money raised went to the school. Although something tells me that having me cut her hair with hedge trimmers was reward enough. (laughs) Uh, This year's gala is coming up, however, and I guess I should probably consider what I might be willing to do or subject myself to for the sake of charity. Jury's still out on that one. But there's a part of us that says, as long as the reward is worth it, the more I'm willing to risk. You know, Jesus does something risky. He rides into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday, which doesn't necessarily sound risky, but consider this. He's hailed by the people as a king, and he knows that the Pharisees and the religious leaders, they're on the lookout for him in order to put him to death. Jesus knows full well what his journey into the city is going to cost him, and yet he goes willingly because the reward at the end of the risk is going to be worth it. Listen to these words from St. Paul from our reading for today. So if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Now, if you look at those words, it might seem like Paul is pleading. If there is any, then do this. It's kind of like, I don't know, an American Idol contestant who who appeals to the judges saying, right, please just give me a chance, even if it's just a glimmer. If there's any chance at all, even if it's 1%, let me go through because I want to be the next American Idol. Or is, is Paul grasping at straws, pleading with us saying, come on guys, please, if there is any sympathy or affection at all, please listen to what I have to say. Well, I happen to think it's the opposite. I think Paul, in in reminding us of this, or speaking this way, uh, lets us know that even if it only appears that you have just a little encouragement in Christ, even if you only have an ounce of comfort or a sliver of joy, well, then you already have the greatest reward. Because those things that we have, they come from Christ. And because you have Christ, you have everything. Nothing, though, would bring Paul more joy than for you and me to have the same mind, the same love, and being in community together. But not because he, Paul, established those things. It's because he received them from Christ and passes them on to us. But is it worth it? Is only a little encouragement or a little comfort or a little joy worth the risk of following Jesus? If you consider the alternative or the opposite, then yes, I think I would much rather have an ounce of joy over an ounce of anguish. But we have a hard time, don't we, being satisfied with just a little. We always want more 
We want the best. We want the greatest. And Jesus isn't either. He wants you to have more. Remember, he says that he has come that we might have life and have it in abundance. But as we consider all this, we we must first consider that anguish and sorrow and death, those are the things that we deserve. Certainly not the things that we want, but they're the things that we deserve. We don't deserve any comfort, joy, or love because in our sinfulness, we choose to go our own way, to turn away from God, to walk our own road, and to pursue those things that we want, but at the expense or the risk of our lives, our eternal lives. Is, is losing your life worth gaining the world? Are you willing to pick up your cross and follow Jesus, even if it means dying? Today is Palm Sunday. And this is the day when we see Jesus as he's willing to go to the cross and die. Not for himself, but to die for you. Jesus enters the city with palm branches waving, uh, coats forming a red carpet on the dirt roads, and crowds of people shouting, Hosanna! Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Now this wasn't an experience unique to just Jesus. Former kings of Israel, like David or Solomon, they would have entered the same city in the same way, with palms and fanfare, riding in, on a donkey as a conquering hero, to the same shouts of Hosanna, which means, save us. The people in those days understood that their king was an agent of the Almighty. David, at least we learn, was a man after God's own heart. David writes, I love your word, O Lord. I meditate, it, meditate on it day and night. Of course, we know it doesn't take much more digging to discover that although David confessed those truths and trusted in God, those things weren't enough for him to change his sinful ways. Countless times, David was disobedient to God's word. He was a sinner, just like you and me, and he was not willing to lay aside the temptations this world offers and obey God fully. Or perhaps it wasn't so much a matter of willingness as it was ability. In our sinful nature, we are incapable of being obedient to God. We are incapable of even being willing. We are incapable of attaining life and salvation on our own. Paul continues, he says, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Now, how easily does that come to you? How natural does it seem to put others first or consider others more significant than yourself? (laughs) It doesn't come easily at all. That seems like a foreign nature to us. We're here for number one. We are incapable. And yet, that's what obedience is. That's what Picking up your cross means thinking of the other before yourself. We find that there is no other thing we can shout than Hosanna. Before we praise God with Hosanna, that word is also a desperate cry 
for mercy. As Hosanna means, save us. It's a plea for forgiveness. It's a recognition that we need a Savior. Paul reminds us, have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. But he emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. We discover in Jesus that where we are incapable, he is capable. Where we are unwilling, Christ is willing. Where we fail, Christ succeeds. But Jesus doesn't win the victory for himself. He risks everything. He gives his very life. Not so that he might be rewarded, but that you might have his reward. That is the kind of king Jesus is. That is the Savior we welcome and we shout Hosanna to. This is Jesus who did the will of the Father by willingly laying down his life out of love for you. And therefore, as Paul writes, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Obedience to the Father's will for us is not about meeting the requirements. It's not about doing enough. It's not about checking off the right boxes or even doing the right thing, although those things are important. Obedience to the Father's will for us is hearing the word of God and believing his promise, trusting that Christ's work and God's grace are sufficient. They are enough for you to live in this life and the life to come. And life in God's grace, mercy, peace, and love, even if at times it feels as if we only have a little, truly means that we have more than we deserve more than we could ever hope or imagine. Because of Christ, we have eternity with him. I certainly pray that I might be willing, if called upon, to give up everything to follow Jesus and even die with him. That what God has given me is worth more than anything I can get my hands on. But I also know, and I trust, that if I am incapable or if I fail, or if I am unwilling, which is bound to happen, then I, you, we, are covered by God's grace. You see, you are the reward that was worth the risk that Jesus took. You are the one he willingly died for. All of creation receives the benefit, the benefit of the redemptive work of our Lord, Savior, and King, Jesus. It's him that we give our Hosanna to. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord.